With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you ever wished the radio guy would think like you and say things that actually make sense rather than softening his stance to be politically correct? Well then, whitely so. Gil Whiteley will give you the absolute truth. It's nine o'clock on a Saturday. Now, here you go once again. I'd much rather listen to Billy Joel sing this than listen to me, but I'd much rather listen to Wayne Hagen than listen to Billy Joel. Hello, Wayne. Oh, you'd be one of, uh, well, one of one. (laughs) One of one. I am one of one. One of one. I am one of one. Uh, well, like, what a sad day. What a I like sad what, day. I like one only people. And uh, I, and unbelievably, you know, they throw that word goat around, and I, I hate that. Uh, because they, they call people goats that have no, for, have no clue. I almost swore right. they're... <laughs> I heard and, that. <laughs> uh, I started. Uh, uh, and... Uh, uh, Vince Scully was uh, an amazing guy. Uh, I didn't know him, but like a lot of people who covered the Rockies when they first started and all this stuff and just hung around, uh, he was one of those guys that would hang out and be, he would be in the he would be in the media dining room and he wouldn't like avoid looking at people. He'd look at people that, that were coming towards him. He'd look them in the eye because he knew we were looking at him. Uh, and there are a lot of guys at that stature just kind of avoid that. And so because of that, I've met him and, and, uh, and Jack Buck, I brought up the fact that Jack Buck was much that same way. Uh, you know, really cordial guys that, that really liked other people, uh, and loved the people in the, uh, that were getting in his, uh, and into his business as a at broadcasters and all the things that covering sports, the lovers of sports. And, uh, I had to call you because I knew, uh, I'd met, I had met Vince Scully several times, but I didn't know him at all. He, he, he wouldn't, you know, but, uh, you actually knew Vince Scully. Yeah, I was blessed. You know, I always tell baseball fans who especially, uh, came from Southern California they always felt like Vince Scully was a part of their family, and he was. I mean, a lot of them would kid and say, I probably listened more to Vince Scully than I did my parents. And that would be absolutely <laughs> true. It would be yeah. true because they, they listened to him on the radio, they listened to him on television. But the thing that I loved about Vince Scully is that when I tell people, I feel bad for you, and they go, well, why, why do you say that? I go, because you never got to meet him. He was, you, you, you grow up, you grew up in, you know, you've had Chicago in your background and Los well, Angeles. I grew up in L.A. in the 60s. So, uh, right. I tried, and, and, when and, I was driving, and you know what a hero is. When I was you know driving, what a hero the, is. the Dodgers mm-hmm. were on my radio. <laughs> 
Oh, absolutely. But you, you knew what a hero was. And when you meet that hero, oftentimes in this world of ours, we're disappointed. That person that we built up to be so big never lived up to the billing. Well, Vince Scully, <laughs> that was the biggest hero I could ever have in baseball broadcast. And there were a couple of guys, and you mentioned Jack Buck. Uh, Jack and Vince Scully were my two favorites. And I, 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 I got told to a know story, both I told a story in the first segment that Joe Buck and Tom Brenneman helped me out of a jam I was in when I was first in this thing because Harry Carey was an idiot. Well, Joe Buck, who a lot of people don't like, and I have no idea why because he's a terrific guy, Tom Brenneman did some promos for me. Uh, uh-huh. uh, and when I was supposed to get Harry Carey, who was being an ass, which that's what Harry Carey did. Well, Jack Buck and, and Vince Scully, they could, they could parallel each other in, in quality, but they yes. were different styles. And, and Vinny, to me, I, I often told people, I go, he was the best that ever lived. He was poetry in motion. He, in in well, fact, Dick Enberg, Dick Enberg, one of his... Wrong. Don't take this wrong, but I'm pretty sure you, in your lifetime, have, have tried to emulate uh, Vin Scully. I mean, you you sound like Vin Scully. You 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 have a you very you speak very melodically. I think there's a lot of influences I I hear from you every time we talk. Well, that that's interesting because I grew up. Uh, I was born and raised in Colorado, moved to California, but Northern California, and and forever I will be grateful that I did not hear Scully when I was in the Bay Area because I would have done exactly the way he did it because I heard so many of my fellow uh, students at San Diego State who wanted to be sports broadcasters, they all sounded like Vince Scully I mean, yeah. because of that tremendous influence. For me, my influence came as I worked. Uh, I went to San Diego State, so that was the first time I ever heard Vince Scully. And I'll be honest with you, and there's a friend of mine named Bob Besanson who would be a witness to this. He, he lived with me in San Diego, and he said, every night I put in a cassette tape of Vin Scully and listened to it as we went to sleep. And that's the absolute God's truth, because I thought he was by far the best baseball announcer I ever heard in my life. And my well, point that I wanted to make earlier was about Scully yeah, he was the greatest baseball announcer that ever lived. There would never be anybody that can be better than him, in my opinion. However, he was a better human being than he was a broadcaster. And I can't say that about everybody in this business. That guy had no ego. He treated everybody, as you said. He looked you in the eye. He, yes. knew, he knew by your expression on your face that you were like, oh. That's Vince Scully. He exactly. knew it, but he put and you he put, he you, put at you at ease. Yes, that's right. Now oh, he was the best. I, you know, where I wish I could have had you follow me. The me best too. moments I, the best moments I ever had, Gil, with Vince Scully, were the days at Dodger Stadium where our booth was two over to the left from his. His was the first booth, and as you walk by him, you never wanted to interrupt him. He, he could possibly have the door closed, 
but you never felt like you could really walk in there into his booth, but I did. And he allowed me, and I sat down on the steps that would take you down into the booth, and I would sit there, and he'd turn that chair around, and he would spend time with me. It would be 15, 20 minutes. That would be the, the, the length of time that I was, uh, you know, appropriated at that time with him. But he would give it to you, and he'd give you his heart and soul, and he'd tell you stories, and he'd tell you this, tell you that. And those are the precious moments that I wish, Gil, I wish you could have shared with me. I wish I could have taken millions of Dodger fans in with me to just see what it was like to spend time with the man. And I see a lot of going people... In, oh, I remember go ahead. going into Sorry. your radio booth and then you throwing me out. No, that never happened. Although <laughs> no, there were a couple of people no, I probably would have. <laughs> Hey, I got to tell you, people that didn't know who Vin Scully was, you know, this guy was so highly successful. In the first 25 years of Dodger baseball in Los Angeles, he was voted the most popular Dodger. This is over Drysdale. This is over <laughs> Sandy Koufax and Maury Wills and, you know, Willie Davis and Garvey and Baker and all these guys. He was Ron voted Say. the most popular. Ron Say. He was voted the most popular. And then... I would say within about 15 to 20 years ago, in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Times did a poll, who is the most trusted person? It could be a female, it could be a male, it could be any walk of life. Who is the most trusted person in Los Angeles, California? You're talking millions upon millions of people. Vin Scully was voted the most trusted man in Los Angeles. Enough said. Nationally, that was Walter Cronkite, but in L.A., it was Scully. Oh, yeah. The man never told a lie. He just didn't believe in that. He was never a homer. You know, people don't realize just how middle of the road he called those games. And if Willie Mays, you know, did a special thing in a game, he, he says, I got goosebumps when Willie Mays did those things. And he was with the opposition. Well, you know, a lot of people don't realize that back then the radio stations uh, that that bought the rights, they employed and they were in charge of con of the content. And then as time moved on, the stations and the and the team uh, took control of content. And so sometimes, as much as Drew Goodman aggravates me. Uh, he's got to do what what he's got to do uh, based on the fact that the Rockies own that content and Drew Goodman's got to do what the Rockies say. Well, they never once approached Vin Scully because they didn't have to. They, <laughs> yeah. they knew that they had the greatest announcer that ever lived doing baseball. And how, how do you do something for 67 years unless you love the game. And Vin Scully loved the game. You know what drives me nuts now is that uh, had Vin Scully not got not talked about and broadcast everything that was going on in Sandy Koufax's no, perfect game, people wouldn't have known that a perfect game was going on. Uh, on a regular basis, when there's a no-hitter going on, and the Rockies broadcast is on. Somehow they think they have some that 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 they don't talk about the no hitter that used to happen in just the dugout belongs to the to the radio crew or the TV crew, and they won't mention the fact that a no hitter is going on, and that just drives me crazy. 
it's hogwash. Whoever does that doesn't really get their job. Your, your the job, job is to tell you what's going on in the damn game. I want you to stick in there. I want you to hear. I did it all the time. I didn't care. I never even thought about jinxing anybody. I, I have nothing to do. I don't throw exactly. the pitch. Yeah, I don't throw the pitch. I call the pitch. So somebody has to initiate it, and that's the pitcher. And if he has a no-hitter, I want you on board. I truly do, and I always believed in that. But I learned that from Scully. I learned that from Lon Simmons and Bill King in the Bay Area. This is how you call a game. My first responsibility is to the listener. And if you just tuned in and I go, you better stick around, and I I give you that line instead of saying, Sandy Koufax not only has a possible no-hitter, which would be his fourth, he's got a chance for a perfect game. That's how you keep people to listen to the game. And and, and I, I don't understand. I've never understood why. Uh, people think that in the booth, and maybe it's that influence of the former player in the booth where they tell the play-by-play guy. You know, maybe that's what's happened uh, with the Rockies broadcast. I'm not sure, but the reality is sometimes they have that influence that they had in the dugout where they think this is protocol. Maybe this is what we should do in the broadcast. There's no baseball people in the Rockies organization, unfortunately. The Monfords yeah. came out and, and played stupid again the other day, saying, hey, well, we just can't keep up. Oh, shut up. You were never supposed to be the owner. Jerry McMorris was the owner, and if the fact that Oren Benton hadn't gone, hadn't gone uh, bankrupt and Jerry didn't have enough money to buy Benton shares, the Monfords would still be sitting there with a, with, without a telephone in the Rockies' offices. Well, I've always, I've always said that uh, the responsibility of this franchise is to the uh, nearly four and a half million that were there that first year, never going to break the record the next year, and every year since, you owe these fans because they made this franchise. Galarraga, Walker, Bichette, Castilla, on down the line, those players contributed to this franchise, the yeah. fans made the franchise. Yeah. Uh, how many how many no hitters did or perfect games did did uh, Vince Scully call? I believe he called four perfect games. If well, you called, can imagine that. Yeah, he called he called the Don Larson one in the World Series. He October eighth, nineteen fifty six. And uh, my friend Gil McDougal uh, made two two uh Hit saving, hit saving uh, uh, catches to get to get him to get into that perfect game. By the way, and uh, Mantle made a nice catch in left center field on the move in backhanded yes, fashion, he did. and that that was really it. Don Larson didn't even uh, have a wind up that day. Well, he worked out was at F- third base, and uh, and he made a couple of pretty big plays. He and I oh, talked. Yeah. He and I talked about it before he passed away. Yeah, you always need a little help along the way to have a perfect game. I never called a perfect game. I called five no-hitters, but I never called a, no, a perfect yeah. game. I never even came close. That, that's that, amazing. He had one other. He, 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 officially, he, he's had, he, he called three perfect games, but he had a fourth. And I'm going to give you a quote from the fourth one. The cathedral that was once Yankee Stadium now belongs to a chapel. Oh, my God. That was one of the favorite movies of all time for me. 
not for only the, for love of the game, for love of the game, he made it. You know, the, yeah. the director, the director of that movie, wanted him scripted. And Vinny says, "Well, you know, I, I, you can give me an outline, but I, I, I can't really do that. I, I've got to be me." You know, and he made that movie as much as Costner did, and Kelly Preston, who I thought was outstanding in the movie. Yeah. It definitely is one of my all-time favorite movies because Vince Scully was in it. He was perfect for it. Yeah. And well, I got to say this in closing. And he would have never been been broadcasting a Detroit Yankees game at the end of the regular season. It didn't mean anything. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the, the thing that I, I think the greatest compliment that was given Scully when you think about the way he described moments, and, and in particular the Kirk Gibson home run, because my two favorite broadcasters in baseball, one was on radio, that was Jack Buck, the other one was Scully on television, and, and Vinny said, in the year of the improbable, the impossible has happened. That's what he was able to do. On, on radio, Jack Buck, I don't believe what I just saw. I mean, he was a fan who saw an incredible home run that was never expected from Kirk Gibson, and that's the way he reacted. The two of them were so distinct in their styles. But think about this for a moment. You see a 3-2 count on Gibson. He couldn't catch up to a fastball in that particular at-bat. And here is Dennis Eckersley on the mound for the Oakland A's, throws a backdoor slider, and that's the only pitch that Gibson could hit out. But you as a broadcaster, you've seen these feeble swings, and you say to yourself, there's no way he's going to hit a home run. So how does Scully capture that moment in the year of the improbable? The impossible has happened. Who comes up with that? Well, Dick Enberg, who had a great career himself, he said... He said one time, I wish I could do that. <laughs> I yeah. wish I could have my brain translate yeah. to my mouth the perfect line that Scully does. And I thought that was one of the greatest compliments that Scully as a broadcaster ever received was from Dick Enberg. Well, you don't know this, but my uh, producer, who I am mentoring to, because uh, eventually he's a great baseball guy, uh, he will be a good base. he will be a good a great radio talk show host, or whatever he wants to be, uh, grew up in 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 St. Louis and listened to a pair of guys. What were their names, the broadcasters? I believe one of them was named Mike Shannon, and um, it's on the end of my tongue. I can't quite place it. Oh, yeah, Wayne Hagen. <laughs> Andrew, he grew up you're listening too much. To you. Yeah, those were, those were fun days to see... Uh, Pujols and uh, Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina and all those guys, Jim Edmonds. I mean, it, it was a great time for me. It was a very difficult time because it was a difficult decision. I never wanted to leave the Rockies. I had been here 10 years, figured I'd be here 40. And uh, as it turned out, uh, I was supposed to take Jack Buck's place. And you, you can't replace him. You just you just sit in the seat. But yeah. uh, I, I had a great time in St. Louis. But there are many times people talk to me and they say, geez, you know, why, why would you ever leave Colorado? Well, you leave for that job because that was the biggest job on radio, in my opinion, at KMOX Radio in St. Louis. It was, uh, it was the flagship station for 50 years. 
they went away for five and now they're back and they'll be there another 50 years. But well, that was an honor. It truly was an honor and it was a great privilege to be a part of that. Harry Carey started out in St. Louis. He was a complete jerk, so I don't mind saying this. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he was he was with the St. Louis the St. Louis Browns. Uh, and uh, and can you tell me who his who his beer sponsor was? Oh my gosh! Back in those days, uh, shoot, it wasn't Budweiser. I know that was it wasn't it Budweiser. No, it was Greasy Dick Beer. Oh, that's right. The, gotcha. the Greasy Dick Brothers, and that's probably perfect sponsor for Harry Carey. I'll oh just leave God. it at that. <laughs> well, you talked about Harry. We talked about Buck. We talked about the great Vince Scully, who I will miss dearly. What we lost was a generation of colorful characters who did colorful descriptions behind the microphone and brought us what I consider the greatest game ever played, and that's baseball on the radio. So I, yeah. I, say, I say rest in peace to all of them, and uh, thank you for the memories. <laughs> and thank you for the memories. Appreciate it so much. And we'll you be back. Uh, Ed May joins us for the Colorado Golf Association CGA Golf Show coming up after this. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.